When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Glad to be here. Tom Cock on duty. Don McDonald. Well, you know, Don has worked every Saturday, basically since Jimmy Carter roamed the halls there in the White House. So he deserves a day off. He is uh, out with his family today, actually taking a day to uh, do some stuff with them. So he is he's just a perpetual worker he's always doing something today's his day to get out of here but if you've got questions about your money your retirement anything related to your finances i'm right here to answer them and here's the phone number 855-935-TALK for those of you who are challenged with your phones like i am 855-935-8255 Five five nine three five eight two five five. Now there are those among you who are shaking today because the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed yesterday at twenty six thousand seven hundred and forty three. Why is that a big deal? Because that's the all time high. So if the all time high means the market has to go down from here, right? It can't sustain itself. There's all kinds of bad news out there every day, and in addition to that. September and October are very scary. Yes, I know Halloween is still over a month away, but this is the season to be spooked. Let's give you some numbers here. September 1869, this is the original Black Friday. That's 1869. I wasn't available then. Price of gold down 20%. Stock market went right down with it. Probably not that many of you can remember that. But how about 1873? Jay Cook, big financier, said can't pay the bills. That set off one of the worst depressions in U.S. history. Nope, these are late September dates. Oh, then how about October? October 1907. J.P. Morgan had to jump in to save the market that time. But then the ones you may be more familiar with, right? Black Monday, October 28, 1929. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 12.8%. In one day? Well, that might have seemed horrible until you got to 1987, when October 19th of that year, the Dow fell 22.5% in one day. And here's the one more, if you're going to remember, because it's only 10 years ago. Lehman Brothers failed, AIG looked like it was going down the tubes, et cetera, et cetera. That set uh, in motion the Great Recession, it's now called. And here's a number for you. 2008, the S&P 500, the 500 companies you trust, you know, you shop at, those companies dropped almost 30% in 22 trading days. 28% decline. So does that make you nervous? I think it should. And I'm not a market timer. I'm not telling you to sell anything, but I am telling you, your portfolio should always be built 
for that possibility because it's always around the corner. Yes, corporations look great today because of the tax cut, because of the better economy. Whatever reason is out there that is making people want to buy stocks instead of selling them. But you should always be ready for the disaster, and you're not. Because I have the fortune of seeing many of you every week and seeing your portfolios. And guess what? After a 10-year bull market, most of you have way too much in stocks. Some of you have way too much in individual stocks, which is even more dangerous because now you're taking on the risk of what that individual company will do rather than owning all of them. Because there's less risk in owning many things, right, than in one But if your portfolio has not been rebalanced in 10 years, that is selling things that have gone up and buying things that have not gone up as much, you're taking way more risk today than you were 10 years ago. Some of you, by the way, have been sitting on the sidelines for 10 years. I meet with you too and you say, I'm waiting. I'm waiting until the all clear is sounded. Well, I've got news for you. The all clear was sounded in March of 2009, apparently, because the market is up over 300% since then. You'll Your portfolio should always be built for your time horizon, for how much risk you can take emotionally and financially, and how much return you need in the long haul. Those three things should dictate your asset allocation, and yet many of you wait for an announcement or see something coming or I don't like this president or the uh, the tariffs are going to blow the economy up or we have to have a recession because it's been 10 years. Those feelings get in the way. Those feelings keep you from making the money you're going to need and in many cases lose the money you cannot afford to lose. So my recommendation to you is number one, know what your asset allocation is. That is how much of your money is in stocks because those are riskier. Those have more volatility. And how much is in bonds, right? What is your balance? How much you're trying to make and how much you're willing to see your portfolio decline from. Remember, in 2008, a portfolio of 70% in stocks, 30% in bonds lost over 30% of its value. And it did it quickly. So you couldn't wake up one day and say, aha, I'll fix this. It was already down, as I said, in three quick weeks. Here to help you on Talking Real Money, special guest coming up to 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. We'll return in just a moment. Tom and Don are talking real money. You've heard that about 99% of all financial advisors are not always required to act in your best interest. You've probably been pitched financial products by all manner of friends and relatives, and the investing you have done is probably a hodgepodge of ill-fitting pieces that are doing little to provide the financial security you need. If you're looking for a 100% pure fiduciary, and we'll put that in writing, low-cost, fee-only advisor who always puts you first, give Vestry a call at 800-386-3004. That's 800-386-3004. 3004 or visit us online at vestory v-e-s-t-o-r-y dot com for your real life and real future tom and don are talking real money welcome back to talking real money here every saturday to help you get uh, all these things around finance right you know kind of figuring it out there's a lot more complexity to all this than probably should be i think a lot the industry does that a lot because they want to charge you more So we're here to answer your questions, 
T-A-L-K. That is 855-935-8255. Now, one of the ways you lose money other than, you know, kind of either taking too much risk or not enough risk is there's still a fair amount of fraud out there. It always surprises me when I read about this stuff, but it's still there and uh, people are still taking advantage of other people. And that's why our guest still has a job, I guess. I mean, otherwise you'd just be marrying off your daughter, doing all the important things in your life. My pleasure to welcome uh, attorney Lawrence Cock of Counsel with Cor Cronin. How you been? Excellent. How are you? You're, the wedding was phenomenal, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that was just top, top, cha- top t- t- uh, channel every single thing. So well done. Congratulate. I guess it's best wishes to you. Congratulations to the groom. I hope Thank I have you. that right. So anyway, fun night, fun night. So, but you've been working, right? You're still doing stuff. Yes, and a lot of it does concern Ponzi schemes because the market has been gently inching upward, and so a lot of the financial fraud that we've seen uh, are in alternative investments. Yeah, this is – but by the way, because you raised this when we were kind of doing our green room discussion. Lawrence is a a securities litigator, employment law, a bunch of other stuff, so he sees a lot of these cases. He worked with a lot of people. But the reason I think a lot of these alternatives come along is something we just talked about off microphone a minute ago. Bonds aren't making me anything. I got to put that money somewhere where I'm going to make some money. So they think I found a solution. I could use, let me think, a promissory note that pays me 8% a year guaranteed until it's not. Why should people be worried about promissory notes? We see a lot of Ponzi schemes which use promissory notes uh, to evidence the promise made to the investor. And so, for example, Darren Berg, the Meridian scheme. Still out on patrol, notes. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, he walked away, I think, from federal prison. He did. Uh, but promissory notes appear to people to be safe. And the important thing to remember is that a promissory note is simply a piece of paper signed by some legal entity. It's a promise. But if there's no collateral, it's nothing more than a promise. Yeah, we'll talk about one specifically here in just a minute. But let's go to the phones. Scott, it joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Scott. How you doing? Good. How can we help you today? I have a question about an inherited IRA out of uh, Edward Jones. Um, I apparently am required to take also a minimum distribution, and I was wondering what my options and tax implications are if I just take the whole thing and move it somewhere else or because it's not making a lot of money. Yeah, well, okay, let's, let's pull those two things apart. Number one, if you are the person who inherited an IRA, you can custodian that anywhere you like without any tax ramifications. You could move it from Ed Jones to Vanguard. There'd be no taxation on that. You are, as you correctly point out, required to take a minimum distribution each year, which should have been reset up for what they expect your lifespan to be. It's called a stretch IRA instead of the person who left it for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and that, and that's what they did, but the required minimum is probably more than it's making. Well, that, okay, that's a whole set. I have no idea how the money's invested. I mean, is this in bonds, bond well, I'm funds, just, I'm just stocks? Go, I'm just go, uh, you know what? I think it's a little bit of both, okay. but I'm just talking per- percentage-wise. You know. Well, we're not fans of Edward Jones for a variety of reasons. Number one, because you're not getting pure 100% fiduciary advice. They use act 
actively managed mutual funds, which we've talked about ad nauseum here. We can't find the manager in advance who's going to sort of do better than the market. So if you're going to go do this on your own, we'd say go to Vanguard. Vanguard would very kindly help you open an inherited IRA there. And then they could move the money from Ed Jones over to your new account at uh, at Vanguard, and then you could use a couple index funds. You get what the market provides over the long haul. What 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 is your opinion of some of the finance departments at at um, some of the larger? I would say one of the largest uh, airplane related credit unions in Washington. I, I love, because I, I bank there, for lack of a better expression. I love them for that. I don't like them as investment managers. They use the traditional broker in the lobby. That broker works for another corporation. And I don't think the advice, again, is as conflict-free as you could get from a registered investment advisor. The products wouldn't be as good as I would like them to be either. So it wouldn't be the place I would go for investment advice. No. Okay, that answers my question because I also do banks there, and I've yeah. always had really good. It's luck. easy, there. right? Yeah, no, and and remember, when you're so. at a credit union, you own part of the company. By the way, it's the same when you go to Vanguard because now you're an, a part owner of the fund family. Guess guess who's going to take better care of you, a bank or a credit union? Probably the credit union because you're part of the gang there. You're not with the bank, right? The bank is incentivized to create fees from you for their shareholders. So it's that's easy one to understand. So again, I think in, in, if you're asking me if you're going to go do this on your own, Vanguard would be a great place. If you called Vanguard, they would help you set up the account or do it for you, roll the money out of Ed Jones, and uh, set it up there. But I'm not sure you've well, completely the, answered the, the question. Oh, go, go ahead, Scott. Lawrence is going to answer, too. Oh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the inheritance is a lot more convoluted than that question, so I will be making an appointment with you guys here shortly. Oh, that's very kind. Okay. Go ahead, Lawrence. And I mean, Scott, part of your question was really, might you have to uh, liquidate an asset in order to take the required minimum distribution? And the answer to that is you, in fact, may need to take money out of this account uh, to avoid certain tax consequences. So maybe some professional wow. help would be a good idea. Yeah, that's... Sometimes that's, the inherited that's IRAs are a bit tricky, and, and, and so at least getting it set up the way you need to make sure that you're not paying any more tax you have to. If you don't need the income, you don't take anything more out than you have to. Does that make sense? Right. Cause me, me, yeah, and, and it's actually divided by two because right. me and my brother are both in the exact same situation. Neither of us know. Sure. And, you know, we get, it, was every, it was kind of a 50-50 split via the trust yeah. and the will. Makes sense. So, uh, yeah, we need to get some answers before we start moving stuff around and then say, oh, darn, we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Scott, you thank you tax, very much for your call. You need tax advice, yeah, absolutely. Th- you don't want to, again, you don't want to mess up there because uh, that could be very expensive. Appreciate the call, Scott. 855-935-8255. 855-935-TALK. For those of you smart enough to use your phone that way, and I'm... Not one of them. I hate that. I hate it when they give you the the, the, the the letters rather than, give me the numbers. I can punch those and I can figure that out. Hey, I'll tell you another thing I can figure out is I got a class coming up on October 20th in Bellevue. You can go to TalkingRealMoney.com. We talk about all of these things, sort of the science of retirement investing, creating income, avoiding mistakes. 
Sign up for the class there. I'd love to see you out on October 20th. Very nominal charge to join me that day. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. Tom and Don are talking real money. Just as there are basic laws that govern our physical world called physics with a PH, there are also basic rules and concepts that impact our finances and investments. I call them financial physics with an F. In fact, eight years ago, I wrote a book about them. For years, I've wanted to create an interactive version of that book to help readers better understand the concepts. So, since it was time for an update, I turned Financial Physics, with an F, into a special interactive multimedia version only on iBooks. It's the only platform that allows that. Because I want everyone to have access to this information, I decided to give this version away. Yes, it's totally free. So, if you have a compatible Apple device, go get your copy of the new interactive book financial physics on ibooks it's totally free and it's available right now in the ibooks store your guides to a really great financial future tom and don are talking real money Don gets a well-deserved vacation day today. Let's note to HR, make sure that they take that off of his paycheck. No, kidding, but he gets a day off. I'm here to help you. I'm Tom. We're talking with Lawrence Cock from uh, of Council of Core Cronin, and you're out there trying to figure out your money. Or maybe you just want to sue somebody because he could. You could take up the case this afternoon, right? No, kidding. Uh, he's the kinder, gentler litigator. If he's on your side, 855-935-8255 is the number. We are talking kind of about the thing I just mentioned about mistakes people make. I, this is, if you could avoid the mistake. Yes, we tell you just go use index fund, keep your costs low, know your asset allocation, but people get caught up in stuff. I mean, this is, and they think they're getting some great deal, especially when they hear 8% guaranteed by the way, when people tell me that, I said there'd be no capital markets because why would I invest in stocks and hope to make that? But promissory notes seems to be an area where there's significant opportunity for fraud, correct? Promissory notes appear to lead people to believe that they're safe and secure and conservative. You and mentioned we, Darren Berg. That didn't turn out so safe and secure. No, because, I mean, if you just take the simplest example, many of us sign a promissory note when we, when we buy our house and we're borrowing money from the bank. But the bank, in addition to the promissory note, makes us also sign a document called a deed of trust, which is recorded. And then if we don't repay the bank the amount that we owe, the bank can come in and take the house and sell it to repay the loan. And, and you're so, saying some of these promissory notes have, don't have that sort of security behind them. They don't have, yeah, right, there's no collateral. Right. It's essentially an unsecured promissory note. And so that is simply a promise by some legal entity. And so if the person running the legal entity or somebody associated with the legal entity is out buying expensive cars uh, and homes for themselves and that money is consumed and it disappears, then there's simply no money to repay the promissory note. And Woodbridge was this turned it out to be a Ponzi scheme, $1.2 billion. And many of these Ponzi schemes are sold not just by the proprietor, by by, by the, the original person. They go out to all these other investment advisors and sort of feeder funds, and people need to read the fine print on any of this stuff, correct? Well, the financial professionals definitely need to read the offering documents. And in choosing your financial professional, you need to be aware that there's a big difference between an investment advisor 
and a registered representative of a broker-dealer, and that their legal duties are very, very different. Yeah, that's another one that people overlook. We're talking with Lawrence Cock of uh, of Council of Core Cronin here on Talking Real Money. If you've got questions about anything financial-related, 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. What are some of the more egregious? I mean, we talked about Darren Berg. We're talking about Woodbridge. What are some of the other ones you've seen? Because you've worked with a lot of people, helped them get out of some tough scrapes over the years. In addition to me, of course. I, we can't talk about that. We don't have enough time. It's a limited time, you know, limited show. Well, the true, kind of the true uh, heartbreak stories are when people have very little experience and they suddenly receive money. Uh, perhaps they sold an asset, perhaps they got an inheritance, whatever it is, and they need to invest it. And they really don't know anything about investing. And they end up getting advice to invest in a single security and therefore they're over-concentrated. And if that turns out to be a Ponzi scheme uh, or simply a business that gets run over by some other much larger business, then all of a sudden those people are in very precarious shape. So, and when it comes to putting all your eggs in one basket, it's not custodians it's not even investment advisors so much it's the actual securities you own you should own a lot of things correct right and so think of it this way i mean uh you could put all of your assets in boeing in one single stock Uh, that's very different from having all of your assets with one financial professional or having all your assets uh custodied custodied at one place like a charles schwab and right. this, you know, this raises something else, which is the third-party custodian, which is also very, very important. We'll talk about that a little bit because we tell people to do that, but sometimes they give it to a smaller brokerage that's a third-party custodian, and that brokerage goes bust, and that's not so good either. 855-935-TALK-8255. Happy to take your calls and questions right here on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Keeping the podcast breaks as painless as possible is my goal. That's why I want to very quickly tell you about the only magazine I've ever heard of that is 100% real investing all the time. There's no business news, no speculative advice, and certainly no lifestyle stuff. It's called Real Investing Journal. I publish it every quarter, and you can get two full years for only 25 bucks at realinvestingjournal.com. That's realinvestingjournal.com. We're talking real money. And let me tell you the way this is, okay? Don McDonald is gone this week. He is not available. Give him a day off. But if you don't call and be part of the program, next week I'm going to have to hear from him about how he does a better job and more of you call. So please call this week. I believe we already know we're not on the air next week due to Husky football because, you know, a seven-hour pregame show is not enough when you could do nine hours. Why not? There's a lot of things to talk about. So ring us up, 855-935-8255, anything financial-related. You could even ask a legal question because we have Lawrence Cock, who is of counsel, Cor Cronin, and yes, for the record, we're related. Shockingly enough, he's he's my brother. Uh, you're older, right? I always forget because you look a lot older. But uh, I don't know, biologically, maybe not so much. But uh, anyway, you're here. We're talking about Ponzi's game. We're talking about ripoffs. We're talking about how people get taken advantage of. And you make a great point, by the way. It's a fascinating part of human nature. No one wants to talk about this until it's happened. 
right? Right. And it's I mean, not going to happen to me because that happens to somebody else, right? I think it's true of victims of fraud and victims of crime. There's shame in it, and people don't want to talk about it. And so a certain number of people don't even go and seek legal advice to see whether they might have some recourse. Exactly. And, and but let's talk about things more pedestrian, because that is, I mean, Ponzi schemes and promissory note fraud, that is more the exception in this industry. The other part of the whole industry is when you might have been convinced to do something, buy a security or, you know, a mutual, whatever it is, that you didn't think you were buying or the account was, I mean, there's more of those sort of things around securities. And so part of that is knowing what you own. And, and we we're just talking about this a bit, having a third party custodian that can't really protect you from that, but at least you know the money's still there, correct? Right. A third party custodian is an independent organization that actually holds title to the securities. And that's why, for example, when you have an investment advisor, you might get one quarterly statement from your investment advisor. And then every month or every quarter, you also get a statement from the custodian, such as Charles Schwab or whatever the custodian is. And part of what you need to do is look at the statements when they come and make sure that, in fact, what the financial professional is telling you is it coincides with what the report is from the custodian. And there's even been cases, though, even right here, where somebody doctored. I can't remember what she did. She right. kind of doctored. Brayard actually created. She, the allegation was that she had created false statements that looked like they were coming from the third-party custodian, and she would send those to the customers. That, that's just shocking in many ways. I mean, it's so elaborate, right? But I guess Bernie Madoff was making up statements too, right? 17th well, floor, they're up there typing away. Uh, hey, you made 1.2% again this month. That's the 19th month in a row you made that much. Congratulations. Ironically, fraudsters do seem to have a lot of energy. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of statements, a lot of work to come up with all that. And uh, wow, wow. So, I mean, but part of this goes back to... Third-party custodian. Who? I mean, a third-party custodian. We happen to use Charles Schwab for our clients, so we don't have access to their money other than to do the things we've agreed to, right? Build portfolios, trade portfolios. You can authorize us to have Schwab send you your money. We can't do that. Is that the kind of thing people should be aware of when it comes to hiring a third-party custodian? Well, people should be aware of what these relationships are and how they work, and it is a substantial protection for investors when there is a third-party custodian because they send you a report, and that actually tells you, uh, here's here's what's in your account. Other names would include Fidelity, Vanguard, I mean, a TD Ameritrade. I mean, there's big companies that, that hold people's money, correct? That you Absolutely. Could, you could kind of trust that the, if they tell you the money's there, then it's really there. Well, it is really there. And then the only question is whether the investment itself has value. Right. Because yeah, that's could, another entire, you know, because <laughs> right, because right, they could because an advisor or a broker could put you into something that was a horrible investment. Right. And it could lose a substantial amount. Wow. But then if it's a publicly traded security, the third party custodian would have an obligation on the monthly statement to tell you this lost 63 percent of the value. And now it's only worth ten thousand dollars, even though you thought you might have had substantially more. But you didn't get stolen from as much as you. I mean, you may have invested right. in something that was inappropriate. Right. That's that another might be part. an unsuitable investment. And right. for example, a broker dealer and registered representatives have an obligation to make sure that their recommendations are suitable. And a registered investment advisor has a fiduciary responsibility to that investor that, again, many people don't think through. We'll have more from Lawrence Koch of Counsel at Core Cronin. 
And by the way, you can look him up. I just looked at this website, corcronin.com. C-O-R-R-C-R-O-N-I-N.com. Handsome picture there, I got to say. But call us with your questions. 855-935-TALK. 855-935-8255. More on Talking Real Money as we continue. Tom and Don are talking real money. I just recently created a new and massively improved interactive edition of Financial Physics on iBooks, but I don't want to leave out those without an Apple device, although no other platform offers their interactivity. I have, however, created a free static PDF version of Financial Physics with an F that you can get right now at TalkingRealMoney.com. That's TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Our telephone number is toll-free. I bet every call now is toll-free. But anyway, it's toll-free, even though it sounds like it might not be. 855-935-8255. That number is good 24-7. So if you come up with a question tomorrow and you want an answer, you call and leave the question. We have a recording system, and then Don will answer it and put it on the podcast. So we're here to answer your questions pretty much anytime. 855-935-8255. Your questions, calls, anything financial-related, whether that's an IRA, your 401k, should you borrow money against your house and put it in the market? That one came up recently because stocks are up. I got to get in the market now. Yeah, the S&P 500 is up 11% this year. Small companies up over 10. That's the good news. If you have a diversified portfolio, international stocks down about two. Emerging markets down almost eight. So if you made a lot of money in your portfolio this year, then you're probably not properly diversified. It's painful to admit, but it's true. Lawrence Cock is here of counsel with Core Cronin. We're talking about things you face as an investor and things you should be aware of as an investor. I know we spent a lot of time on the program sort of talking about what to own, how much to pay, but a lot of this is kind of avoiding problems, avoiding mistakes. And you've worked with a lot of investors. What what are the things you see people, the errors they make that are can be fairly catastrophic? I mean, you mentioned you know, owning one security. I mean, that's, and even owning one security like Boeing could be, I mean, it could have been Washington Mutual, right? right. That was 10 years ago mm-hmm. this month where they said, pulling the plug and the bondholders, I think, lost everything. And I think the shareholders lost almost everything. I think what's so difficult for people is that we do a poor job with financial education. And so it's very difficult for people to evaluate the advice that they're being given, even if they're getting it from a financial professional. Now, I think course, you're right on it there. I mean, yeah. One thing, of course, everybody should do before you use any financial professional is go to FINRA.org. In the upper right-hand corner, they have a function called Broker Check, yep. and you can punch in the person's name, and you can see how long they've been registered, with whom they've been registered, whether there are any customer complaints, and other important disclosure items. And Indeed. that's essential. I think that's very smart. Uh, let me give the phone number again. 855-935-8255 is... Our number, you mentioned sort of concentration risk. You mentioned this this aspect of where your money actually is, because sometimes people can think they're safe because I gave my money to a broker who works for a firm. Well, the money's in the firm, but that doesn't always mean that you're going to be able to get your money back, right? 
Well, it doesn't mean that the money is going to be invested properly, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to lose principal, because, of course, a risk yeah. of every investment is you can lose principal. The question is whether or not the investment professional breached duties to you, such as the duty to recommend suitable investments uh, or a fiduciary duty if the person is an investment advisor. Yeah, there's a lot to keep track of out there. Right? There is a lot. And I mean, you need you do need to read the paperwork. So when you get a confirmation slip in the mail, you need to open it up and see what it says. And if you don't understand it, you need to ask. That is another thing we see regularly, especially with people who've trusted somebody for a long time. As they get a little older, they oftentimes don't pay as much attention and things start getting sold and purchased in a, an account where the transactions mean the person doing that are going to make more money. That's not good. I mean, I see that. We just had a case of that last week. I mean, that's a form of fraud. I mean, also affinity fraud is, you know, where people say we're members of the same religious community or we have some other affiliation. We're the same ethnicity. We're the same nationality. We have something in common. I mean, that is an area in which uh, you see a certain number of fraud cases. And I'm trying to recruit all those high school soccer coaches. They see me, though, and they say, get out of here. Just because you've made ref? so many bad calls over the years, I'm not even talking to you. <laughs> well, you don't so, need good eyesight to uh, well, help people that's determine good. the proper asset allocation. <laughs> or decent judgment might come into play, though. That could be. Let's go back to the phones. Linda joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Linda. Hi. So I have a question. We use rental properties for my husband's retirement plan. And we have a rental property that's a little ways away from us that my brother manages for us. And so my husband and I have been thinking about selling it so that we could buy another property that's closer to us. And the property that we want to sell is a single family. And we've been thinking about doing a duplex because it would, um, the, the income would be better. Um, and we're trying to decide whether or not that would be a good thing to do because the property that we're selling, the mortgage would be paid off in like 12 and a half years and it's at a, like a 3.75 interest rate. And we're trying to decide whether or not it would be a good idea to, to do that or whether to just hold on to it. Um, whether So just to make sure I on. understand, so holding on to the property you have with a sibling, I think you said, a brother? No, he just manages it. Oh, okay. And so my husband and I own it. Okay. He manages it for us because it's a little bit further away from us. Ah. It's a little bit of a, a pain because it is more distant, and so we don't have our eyes on it okay. as much, which is one of the reasons why we would probably want to get rid of it um, and have something more close. We think we could ultimately have better cash flow if we moved into a a duplex situation, but a duplex situation, um, of course, is going to be more costly having it be closer into the Seattle area. Um, Let me ask you one more question there. So have you considered when you sell the other property what the capital gains tax will be on that sale? No, I, we haven't thought about that. Would you would you have capital gains if you were reinvesting the money into another property? Yes, you would, unless you did a 1031 exchange, which would be a different type of transaction. So, yes, for whatever you bought it for and then whatever you sold it for, that difference, of course, there'd be some, you'd have to raise what they call your basis a little bit based on improvements you made. But, yes, you'd be paying tax on the difference between those two. So I would say that's one consideration. I mean, the other one is around this aspect, and it sounds like you are, because we get people all the time. 
time say, I want to go in the rental business. Sounds like you're already in it. You're doing it successfully to have something closer that you can run. I don't see what the disadvantage to that would be. Well, I mean, one thing that it presents is, again, the question of concentration. Are you primarily invested in residential real estate? Is that in a single county? Uh, would an earthquake, for example, wipe out your entire financial life because you don't have earthquake insurance? I mean, these, these are real questions. You know, when I recently had my investment advisory firm do an analysis of my own finances, one thing I concluded was uh, maybe I have too much money in my house. That's yeah. a single piece of residential real estate. I think I better uh, find out about earthquake insurance because if that gets destroyed in an earthquake, that would have a real impact on me. I guess, yeah, so I would. I think that's that's a fair fair question. And I would look at the taxes on all that and then try to wade my way through that. So the, it, that would be... But the interest rate at 3.75 sounds like a very favorable yeah, interest rate. So that's helpful. Right. And real estate typically is a is a leveraged investment. Correct. So you want to be aware when you're using leverage that that also has certain risks. The risk is if there's a general decline in the asset class that your losses are magnified. And your liquidity. And right, and real estate is not a right. is not a liquid asset class and so if you needed kind of money immediately for something uh, like retirement. Yeah. Now, well, if you're cash flowing and it's paying you enough to to pay the bills after you quit your other job, that might make sense. I, again, the my overall take on owning properties like this and managing them, if you make it a business, I've seen people have done this and done it well, then it works. If you think you're just going to get into it and you're going to make a lot of money, it's, you're going to flip or whatever, generally, I don't think that works so very, very well. So something to pay attention to. Lawrence, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a quick hour but we appreciate it. People can learn more about you at corecronin.com. Lawrence Cock of Council at Corecronin. We will continue with more on Talking Real Money in just a moment. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your number one financial goal must be retirement. As we live longer, our need for a substantial retirement nest egg has grown. That's why you must have a plan. And to help you map your route to a brighter future, I created Vestory's Better Retirement Guidebook. And you can get a free PDF copy right now at retirebetterbook.com. It's truly free and there is no obligation. So get your Better Retirement Guidebook now at retirebetterbook.com, Retire betterbook.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.